Okay. <laughs> Sorry, too much information from Tara's perspective. But she has to live with it. All right, so I will send out our last family meeting. If you have the uh, data to be able to listen to it, great, do that. Um, if not, you can go, you can come to my house and download it, okay? All right. Uh, but we do have some needs here at Anchored Baptist Church. And you're probably going to think, oh, great, Wade's going to give us marching orders and a list right now. No, I'm not going to do that because that's not what I do. I've never done it. I've never been good at it. I need your help with that. In fact, here's one of the biggest needs that our church has. You ready? Is that I am the church's weakest link. That's our biggest need. Um, Our church, as it stands right now and as it has stood in the past, typically uh, can only move forward as fast as I can move forward. And you know what? Here's the deal. I've moved as far and as fast forward as what I am able to do. I've actually come to my end as far as what I'm able to do as a pastor, which might sound a little bit ridiculous because you could be thinking, I don't think that's true, Wade. I think you got lots of potential. Or you could be thinking, uh, hey, Wade, you haven't really done that much. (laughs) Either way you want to look at it, whichever side of the coin you're on, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm not going to disagree with either side of that coin. Um, but I will say that, uh, personally speaking, I-, I think in our last family meeting, uh, I was still reeling from uh, the season of COVID and from having a fifth child. And for any of you that have ever had a child, I think you realize that uh, things don't just get easier. As you go along, right? So I am still at my utter capacity. So already this year, um, it has been such a blessing to me to have David preaching. uh, One, because don't tell David this, but he's a far more competent preacher than I am. And so I like sitting and listening to David preach. Tim, you're coming up. I don't know. I don't know if I should be nervous about you. Uh, no, I'm joking. And Joshua, thank you. Like you guys are, uh, it's a blessing for me to actually be sitting in the chairs after the season of COVID where uh, honestly, it was just too much work to organize other people preaching, um, pre-recordings and then recording during the service and setting up and doing all the COVID stuff. Um, I preached way too much. And it wasn't good for me, um, but it was something that I was really happy and I I feel still blessed to do. I I grew a lot during that time, Um, but it wasn't wasn't good for the church. Yes? May I just say that that Josh and Tim are your blessings to the church? I don't know about that, but I'll take it. I'll take it, Charlene. Thank you. Um, I would like to say that I haven't totally corrupted them yet, and... Although Tim's well on his way. Um, <laughs> but, but, okay, so the meeting isn't about me now. Okay, I've made it about me. Now I need to go beyond me, okay? Um, and this is where the needs start to come in. Uh, so our church has a need right now of growing together, all right? Now... There has been some, um, over, over the past year actually, there has been a bit of a push, not, not from everyone, um, 
but there has been a push to start with like small groups, programs, things like this. And, you know, I am, uh, I'll just lay it out there. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for this. Is because small groups take a level of commitment from everyone, not just the people hosting or leading them. And programs can fall apart when a person falls apart. All right? Um, and that is a very pragmatic way of approaching it. So I'm looking at a problem and trying to solve a problem. And maybe that's not always the best way of handling things. I do understand that. But there's some complicating factors in our church. Uh, because we do seek to be a church that, that wants to reflect the diversity of Hermanus, you know, this can make small groups very difficult, especially after dark and especially in the winter. Right? Um, and so there's a, there's a negative side to this. Um, well, let me say it like this. There's a positive side to something like small groups, something like this, is that a church can develop more leadership, right? There's dangers in that too. Those dangers look like going off course with teaching. Now, a negative then to having a more, I'm just going to call it uh, decentralized method of everyone getting to know one another, encouraging one another. The negative side is that it takes a lot of personal initiative to do that. And you could say that maybe then leaders don't get built up as much. But I would actually disagree with that, okay? I would say that as we each seek to take ownership of one another in the church, um, there is then the possible... There's the... Uh, higher chance of people's giftings showing themselves to the rest of the congregation. All right. So uh, right now our church needs to grow together. Um, One of those I would say is in some form of biblical fellowship. Now this does not necessarily mean a Bible study, although eventually the 9am Bible study is going to start happening again. Um, What I mean by biblical fellowship is that you, as a Christian, are allowing God, the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, to build you up. Okay? To build you up and strengthen you in the faith. And then, you are sharing that with other members of the church. That's what I mean by biblical fellowship. Alright? Now, we got a problem though. Because that takes a lot of personal initiative, time, maybe, I'm not sure. Um, It takes more than just a leader to lead it. It takes each of us uh, stepping into someone else's life and allowing other people to step into ours. Um, Like before we've talked about, one of the things I've always encouraged people to aim for is now maybe maybe for you it's a week, maybe it's every two weeks, or maybe it's a month. Okay, but in whatever time period we're talking about, not six months. I'm not talking six months. Okay, I'm not talking three months. <laughs> in whatever time period you choose, though, that you're inviting someone from church into your home or inviting yourself into theirs, 
and inviting someone that doesn't know Christ into your home or life or inviting yourself into theirs. Why? One, this is decentralized. That is that it doesn't depend on a singular person to make it happen. And two, I think we all know that those are the types of relationships that help us to grow uh, in the faith, one. And then those are the types of relationships that... um, uh, What's the word I use? They build trust. They build trust. So I remember uh, when I was working as a baker... And my boss, he was, he was gay, actively living that lifestyle for 36 years, something like that. Um, and uh, in, the, in his 36 years, uh, <laughs> in his 36 years, um, our family was the first, well, first of all, I was the first person to share the gospel with him. On a regular basis, who actually also showed care and concern for him in some other area of his life. And we were the first family, like husband, wife with kids, to invite him to our home for dinner. In 36 years. Now, that's not a big victory story. Uh, Daryl never came to faith. In fact, Daryl's life has kind of tanked since that time period. Um, every time I think that Daryl couldn't go a little bit lower uh, into like the sub-basement of life, man, he hits another rock bottom that I didn't even know existed. So it's not all uh, roses and whatever else, okay? But in the time that Daryl and I had working together... Uh, You know what else I saw or I experienced with Daryl was I saw other relationships in his life that he suddenly realized, like, wait a second, this thing over here isn't healthy. This thing over here isn't good. Um, And so what I also know about life with Daryl is that it would have taken a lot more time with him to break down 36 years of... uh, Bad, not, what's the word I want? What's the opposite of virtues? Uh, just bad habits and sin. But with that said, those are the types of relationships where you see people um, you have to build into in order to actually witness people coming to faith. It takes a lot of investment on your part. It takes a lot of trust and it takes working hard to build trust. So with that said, I would always be encouraging you, all right, to take a week or a month uh, or two weeks, whatever, and you say, okay, we're going to have this family over to our house, I'm going to invite myself into this house, and I'm going to invite myself into this person's life or them into my house or family. Um, We're going to get to the need for, for growth in another way here in just a minute. Um, but I want to keep going. And if you have any questions on that, I would love to talk about that further. Um, we have a need to grow together in service. Um, and so I know that while we were away on furlough, uh, 
people pitched in and worked hard and made things happen. And I really appreciate that. Um, I think that as a church, I can speak for everyone and say we all really appreciate that. And yet as we move forward um, as a church going into this year, uh, I think that we are all going to have to commit uh, to serving one another and loving one another through that service in ways that, here's the problem with me, I'm just not that creative. I'm not that creative in trying to figure out areas of service in the church. I actually need your input on that. I need you to be able to say, um, hey, Wade, this is a gap, and this gap needs filled. And I know that I can fill it, and you know what? I'm going to go recruit someone else to help me fill this gap as well. All right? Um, So we need to grow together, not only in biblical fellowship, uh, but in service as well. And then lastly, I'm going to say encouragement. And what does it take for you to properly encourage someone? Um, Yesterday, we went out on a family hike. And uh, we were with another family and um, who doesn't know the Lord, okay? <laughs> and uh, the, they are a family that we sit down and pray for at least once a week in our house. Uh, we love them. And one of my children was uh, struggling in the hike. Uh, and yet, she's in the room right now. Uh, and yet, she was working so hard. Now, my friend Tim... Uh, not a natural encourager, okay? But he didn't understand how hard this was um, for Maeve, okay? And so when Maeve was really working hard, I'm in the distance saying, Come on, Maeve, you can do it! Because that's, that's what she needed to hear, right? And while Tim, on the other hand, is saying, Okay, that's pretty good. Right? Now, his words weren't bad, but he didn't know what she needed to hear right then. Because he doesn't live with her each and every day, right? All right, so this is the way that encouragement has to happen in our life together as a church. We actually have to know where one another are at to offer the proper kind of encouragement. So if Tim comes to me and says, oh, hey, Wade, I just want you to know to hang in there. Well, what if I'm like totally lost in my sin and I'm not just having a down day? No offense, Tim. I think you could probably figure it out. You're smart enough to do it. But that's not going to be the encouragement that I need. Hang in there. I'm lost. Right? We actually have to make sure that we're spending the time together. And we... I, I, I stand to be corrected, okay? We could have a program that makes that happen. But eventually, the nuts and bolts are going to start to get loose on that program. All right? We have to make sure that we're investing in one another. Okay. So sorry. Encouragement. All right, now here's the one that's going to make me uncomfortable. It's going to make you uncomfortable. Hey, we have a need to grow in numbers right now. Okay, we have a need to grow in numbers. Why? Okay, here's what I believe about the church. I believe that God gifts, uh, that Jesus gifts to his church every good gift that it needs. Okay, what do I mean by gift? I mean people. I mean the, the people 
that the church needs, I believe that Jesus calls those people to himself, saves them, and then puts them to work in the church. You know what else I believe about the church? I believe that we are all messed up people, even after we get saved. And this brings these two things into conflict with one another. Um, And so here's what I would say about this, okay? Uh, As far as uh, me, as pastor, as church planter, uh, I hope you know this by now, or else we would have been doing a lot of things differently for a whole lot of years. Um, I have no ego in this thing. (laughs) If I did, let's just say some changes would have happened along the way. Um, what I do desire is that for me and for each of us, um, I desire that together we build something that looks like a healthy church. Okay. Um, and in the midst of doing that, I'll say it like this. I've failed at a lot of different things in my life. Okay? I failed at a lot of different things. I became quite good at failure and also uh, admitting and receiving failure. All right? So it's not about failure versus success per se. All right? But if there were a couple of areas in my life that I would look at and I would say, And I pray, I pray this, Lord, help me actually to not be a failure in this thing. Um, There's there's three of those, actually. Uh, First of all, except for they're all tied together for me because of the work that God's called me to at this time. Uh, And that is, I, I want to make sure that I am not failing as a husband and as a father. All right. Because God has called me to to three places. Right? He's three, three vocations he's given me. He's given me the vocation as a husband, father, and a family. He's given me the vocation or calling as Christian, that is to be in the church. And he has also given me the calling to be out in the world doing work, which for me also happens to be church planting and sharing the gospel with people. All right? So these are the three areas that I'm constantly taking to the Lord and saying, Lord, I don't want to fail in these three areas. Um, give me everything that I need to not fail in these areas. All right. Okay. With all that said, um, I do believe that God gives the church everything that it needs. And guys, I, I am I am praying that our church grows. And specifically, I am praying that our church grows because people are coming to know Jesus as their Savior. That's a been a prayer that I've had for seven years. I guess eight or nine, if you really want to take it back a couple as well. And in doing that, I also am trusting the Lord that he's going to continue to gift the people that are necessary for Anchored Baptist Church to keep doing that and to keep doing it well, even as the church grows. All right. I look at different opportunities that have been put before our church in the past as far as service and service in the community. And I'll tell you what, they have been great opportunities. 
real blessings. And we as a church have kept those things up for as long as we could. But the reality is we are too few in number to keep up the kinds of things that God has put in our laps all the time. Um, and that's hard. That, you know what that feels like to me? Oh, feels like failure sometimes. And yet I also know that in those things, God is preparing us and training us for other things to do as well. And so I never look back at those and say, well, I wish that had never happened. But, okay, I'm rambling now, forgive me. We, we do need to grow in, number as a, in numbers as a church because we need to expand our giftings in the church. And I don't mean speaking in tongues or prophesying or something like this. I simply mean what people are given the ability to do by God. All right? Um, and this also leads to uh, sustainability as well. Um, because I would love to lean on David all the time. I would love to lean on Tim all the time and Joshua all the time. But you know what's going to happen? Then everyone's going to be tired all the time. Right? We, we need to, to grow and develop. And we need to grow in number as well. To make sure that... Um, the life of our church is sustainable. And then lastly, I already said it, but why am I actually talking about it like that? Because if it's not ego-orientated, um, well, I think it's for the good of the church, one, and because I, I want to see people coming to faith. And so I would invite you to join me in that prayer. Okay? All right. Sorry, I'm moving through at a, at a clip here. Um, and... This year, we have a need to grow up. Okay. Uh, now, some of you who are a little bit older than me, maybe you're rolling your eyes like, yes, Wade, you do need to grow up. Thank you. That's probably true. Um, but I'm just going to lay the three things out here. Okay. Uh, so back in 2021, this was the conversation. And this year, it has to be, this is, this is the year. It's make or break. It has to happen. Our church has to constitute and have all the proper documentation in place this year or bust. Okay. (laughs) And, um, here's the other thing I would say, Joshua and I were chatting about this on Friday. I don't know if perfectionistic is the right word, but yeah, I'm a little too much of a perfectionist to complete that project on my own. Uh, Nothing quite seems right to me, and I have a hard time moving forward with it. And so once again, it's an area where our church is limited by my abilities, and that's just not the way that it should be. So, And then the other part of it is, I actually don't know who the best people to bring into that conversation and help me in that are. And so... um, Maybe you're writing notes or questions or prayers down in the side column over here. Great. You write that down for yourself if you're the person that is able to, wanting to, and willing to help. Um, Maturity-wise, the other thing I was going to say, you know, towards the end of last year, we, we, we stopped doing ladies' Bible study. We stopped doing men's Bible study, and we were meant to get started this month. Uh, but the reality is, you know, I had planned way too much for today. I had planned the 9 a.m. I had planned that uh, we were going to be doing the family meeting after church. We were going to be doing a meal after church. And that was just way too much. Why? It was too unsustainable. We actually didn't have enough people. As I got to thinking about it, 
um, or enough maybe collective energy, at least from where I'm sitting, this is the way I view it, okay? Collective energy to do all of those things, plus come back and have another family meeting next week, plus come back and have another family meeting the week after and do the 9 a.m. service. Now, I don't see that as a negative thing. I see that as a very realistic thing, and maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me, okay? Uh, please do if you need to. Um, but we need to get back into our Bible study. And the way that we had planned on doing that is at the beginning of this month, starting off in the prophets and just going week by week, one prophet a week. Might mix a couple of them together, but one prophet a week and seeing what we can pull out of those prophetic words. Um, and how they point to Jesus. And that way, when we come up to a scripture reading, we don't have a bunch of question marks about, uh, hold on, what's what's Malachi all about? Uh, I don't think we have any uh, scripture readings from Habakkuk, but what's what's Habakkuk all about? I I want people to be informed. And as Paul is actually talking about there in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that, that deeper wisdom, that extra knowledge, what is he talking about? He's not talking about something that's actually a secret that only some people get to know. But I'll tell you what, most younger Christians don't really know, nor should they be out there handling Habakkuk thinking they know exactly what's going on. Okay, (laughs) Um, There's a lot going on in this prophetic text, and yet we are at a place as a church where we need to have that, and we're going to be diving deeper into it, and I'm going to be requiring help from others in in walking through, in reading, and in uh, summarizing those books. And then lastly, um, all of that feeds into... The 50-year plan. Okay, now, in our last family meeting, I talked about my 50-year plan. I'm not an evil person that's trying to take over the world. What is the 50-year plan? It's very simply this. From the very beginning, my desire has been to work towards planting a church that could last for 50 years. Now, it could only last for five months, but I wanted it to be in a place where um, both... What's the word I want? Um, As far as structurally and then also health-wise, it is something that would be worthy of lasting 50 years. Because if we're not working towards that, what's the point of doing anything that we're doing together? Granted, I'm a little bit of a downer in that category. Okay? I do realize that. There is good reason always for us to be coming together as a church, hearing God's word preached, hearing about Jesus, having that gospel presented and represented to us and being strengthened by it. And yet, it is also a good and beautiful thing to work to do that for the next generation and the generation after. All right. So from the very beginning, my goal has been, when I talk about working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus, as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it, it's been about planting a church that is prepared for a future in South Africa. All right. That's a pretty bold statement. Um, and I realize that every time I'm forced to say it out loud. And yet... Uh, you know what? We, we do live in a changing world. We live in a constantly changing country. And some of us might look around and say, oh, it's changing for the better all the time. And some of us might look around and say, it's always getting worse. Uh, it doesn't really matter which side of that coin that you're on. It is always changing. 
And as it is changing, um, there is a great need for the church to step into all the gaps that the world can't step into. So let me say it like this. Um, We'll talk about diversity next week. Outlaw diversity specifically. Okay. We'll talk about outlaw diversity next week. Um, Man, how, how should I say it? Okay, let me, let, me, let me actually just introduce it real quick because I think it's the best example. When we look around at the world around us, um, this ever-changing place that we're in, uh, man... Okay, I didn't, I didn't prep this the way I wanted to. I'll say it like this. You can be exactly like your neighbor and get through this world just fine. Um, you can be just like everyone else in your family and get through this world just fine. Um, but you, as a Christian, have actually been called to live in a way that doesn't just blend into the world around you. And when we work to actually not blend in to the world around us, um, it, it, it will cause pain. Um, it will feel strange. Um, and yet, I would argue as well, that puts you in a position both as a Christian, as a neighbor... And whatever other vocations God has called you to, it puts you in a much better position to deal with an ever-changing world that you're surrounded by, that you are tossed into. All right, And we'll get into that more next week. Um, with all of that said, a couple of things real quick. Um, up there, uh, as we talk about... As we talk about uh, forming the church in a more serious way this year, um, I want to bring your attention to our membership covenant. Now, this is not something that you sign or sign in blood. Uh, This is not something that I'm going to hold your face down to and say, Look at it! Look at it! Okay, I'm not going to do that. Uh, That's that's not what it's there for. It's It's a gentle... Reminder and encouragement towards the things that God has already called you to in His Word. Alright? And so, if you don't have one of those, you can pick it up on the table just over there. It's also online and like several places of the website. Um, and I can get you a full copy of that with like the church's uh, current documentation. Also, one of the ways... That we can always be growing together as a church. Now, this is this is not a be all and end all. Um, but I've also put over there on the table. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh my goodness! Hal train card. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I put over there on the table. Uh, this is a uh, monthly psalter. All right, so it's reading through the Psalms in a month. And uh, I've already failed last month, 
And I've already failed this month as well, okay? Uh, But I decided that for all of 2023, this is going to be my daily Bible reading uh, because I'm constantly falling behind in my Bible reading because I get distracted easily. And I think, oh, I'd like to read this, and then I read something else, right? But one of the ways that we can be growing together as a church is uh, having some common language. And uh, there's really no better common language that we could have than the Psalms. I was listening to a theologian recently, and some, he wrote a book about another theologian, and, <laughs> because I guess that's what people do. And uh, someone asked him, hey, how in, the, how in the world can we create another theologian like this person that you wrote about? Because I, I hear everything that you've written about this person, and I think to myself, I don't know of anyone that could do what this person did. And the person that wrote the book, as well as who was being interviewed, said, you know what, you're exactly right, because we have never been catechized or taught the faith. For generations, people have uh, lost uh, the depths of what the faith has to offer. And so one of the things this person brought up is that this theologian he was writing about is how from the time that the person was 18... Till the person died when he was just before 60, he read the monthly Psalter. So all the Psalms in a month. And um, thinking about that, I put this together. I tried doing it in January. I missed probably four days. I have a catch-up day built in. That wasn't enough for those four days. But you know what? I'm going to get them this month. All right? (laughs) I'm going to get them this month. And uh, if I don't get them this month, you know what? I'm going to get them the next month. And that's okay. All right, so if you want one of these, uh, you can pick it up over there. I didn't laminate yours, though. Sorry about that. Um, You can pick it up, take it with you, and you know what? That'll mean that we have some common language to share, maybe during the week, to encourage one another with, too.